0: This is the Best Friends Podcast, dedicated to sharing the people and programs that are ending the killing of cats and dogs in America's animal shelters. You'll hear from animal welfare leaders from across the movement who will share the innovative and collaborative work that are creating life-saving successes in communities of all sizes. Welcome to the Best Friends Podcast. My name is John Dunn. It is December the 10th, and this week is a special episode. It's kind of breaking news. For more than a decade, almost 11 years... An injunction in the city of Los Angeles has barred Los Angeles Animal Services, the city shelters, from not only performing TNR, Trap Noon Return, but they haven't even been able to talk about it. That all changed Tuesday with a unanimous city council vote, a historic moment not just for L.A., but to reach No Kill 2025, this was critical. We were able to chat with Brenda Barnett. She's the general manager of LA Animal Services about what the impact of the injunction has been and what things look like moving forward. But I have a request for you to share the Best Friends podcast with one person, a colleague, a family member, a random person that's about to walk past you on the sidewalk right now. Just tell them to go to bestfriends.org podcast. Without further ado, my conversation with Brenda Barnett. Brenda, I have no better place to start, I think, than
1: uh, just give me your reaction to this. I mean, how does this How does this moment feel? Uh, my reaction to p- having the EIR passed by the LA City Council is finally we can do what we should have been doing for the last 13 years for CATS. I mean, every year, and you know this, John, as well as I do, our, our cats in the city have been growing in numbers because we haven't been able to spay and neuter the community cats. I mean, just this last year alone, we had a 20 percent increase in kittens and a 13 percent increase in adult cats. And that's been a number that's been growing every year since this injunction has been in place. So we have more cats. Um, for people who are concerned about birds, we have more cats putting them at risk. It's time now for us to start doing the right thing and spaying and neutering them and humanely reducing the population over time.
0: For those that may not be aware of the injunction, what it's all about, can you just lay it out at the high level? You know, what has this meant over the last decade?
1: Good question, John. The, you know, when the injunction was in place when I got here, No one expected it to go on for as long as it did. Uh, But what has happened is that um, we have been unable to even talk to people about programs like TNR, to give people advice, to refer them to rescue groups and others in the community who would be able to help them. We haven't been able to use our spay-neuter funding to help the community cats. We, we've Up until this point, we've only been able to spay and neuter owned pet cats. Uh, it, I mean, we have been able to do nothing except take in trapped cats uh, that we gave people permits to trap on private property. And then they bring them into us. And if a rescue is unable to sign an affidavit that they will not release them outdoors again, then we have no alternative except to euthanize them. So for the last, you know, at least 10 years, most of the cats euthanized in the shelter, in our shelters, uh, who were not sick or or underage and just too weak to survive, are cats who have been brought in in traps. We couldn't uh, have a positive outcome for them. And after a while, we had to euthanize them. Just to be clear,
0: if I had a cat, and an outdoor cat that I had been feeding, I want to get the cat fixed. I trap the cat. I bring the cat to my local LA city shelter because of the injunction, the cat cannot be re-released outdoors, right? So the options are adoption, maybe, probably not for behavioral reasons. So the most likely scenario is that cat is
1: going to die. Correct, Correct. And, that, and that's been the sad truth for us. And we've had people who've, who work with the cats in the shelter, some amazing cat lovers who will go in and and sometimes a cat comes in and it's just frightened. And after a few days, you start to see signs that, well, she's relaxing a little bit. Uh, maybe she's even leaning forward when I'm putting the food in. And, and if we see cats like that, then we have staff and volunteers who will try to bring them around get them to relax and then we can move them up uh into the adoption areas and let people consider them for pets the the little babies can be tamed and can be you know worked with and and we have amazing rescue groups uh not only best friends stray cat alliance kitten rescue um I think uh, rescues rock. I mean, there are a number of great cat groups who've helped us, particularly since COVID started, saving these little babies and socializing them, getting them spayed and neutered and getting them into homes. But for the ones that are juveniles or older uh, cats, mature cats, it's very hard to socialize them uh, and to make them pet cats. I know that we are going to be oversimplifying this a very
0: complex, so many ins and outs. And I I may be possibly belaboring the point here, but I want to help people fully understand the weight of this injunction, the impact, and why it's such a big deal that it's gone. So if I was a member of the public and I walked into the shelter looking for help <laughs> with community cats in my neighborhood, yeah. are you, I mean, is there a pamphlet
1: in the in the lobby? Now, uh, we, the the injunction sort of included a bit of a gag order where we really couldn't talk about it. The only thing we could talk about was we can give you a permit, and and you can post the permit on your private property, and you can trap the cats, and you can bring them to us. And the permits were time limited. If they ran, you know, if they ran over time and hadn't finished what they wanted to do, they had to get it renewed. Uh, but that was all we could do: was tell them that they could trap them and bring them to us, and they likely would not uh, get out alive.
0: It's so wild, Brenda. All of it. It's such a, a unique, uniquely bad situation. Yeah. And certainly, there are communities around the country that have restrictions around TNR, but this just the severity of the restriction in this case, the legality of it all, and the scale of. What is happening in L.A., the intake, the number of cats, it just to have like no ability to offer this this basic programming to save them.
1: Well, and a lot of these people would have been happy if we could have given them some assistance with spay and neuter, neuter. Uh, they might have been just happy as could be to have three, three feral cats in their backyard um, and to feed them, you know, twice a day and to keep them around. Uh, But, you know, when there was a growing population, it became problematic for people. Am
0: I right in saying that the lifting of the injunction was dependent on the completion of this environmental impact report, right? So that's been completed. I have to be honest. I have not read it. It's over 700 pages and I'm not an attorney and I'm not an engineer or whatever. So real talk, the chances of me reading it in full, slim
1: to none. Uh, So can you just give me the gist of the EIR? Well, you know, I read it in sections at a time as it was being built and as the consulting firm and uh, the consultant uh, helped us understand the process. But we looked at a bunch of different scenarios on what could happen and what could not happen. Uh, we, uh, the, the scientists did graphs to show, you know, what if you just went in and round, tried to round up and, uh, and eliminate all the feral cats, for example? And um, number one, we don't have the staffing to do that. Um, And and that's probably not really number one. That's probably pretty far down on the list. I guess number one is the fact that the city of Los Angeles has had a goal of becoming a no-kill city for many, many years. So the idea of rounding up and killing cats uh, was not on our agenda. And it wasn't something that we had the stomach for or that we felt was morally fair nor did we even think that if you did do that, that it would be successful. I mean, we don't have thousands of officers to go out and do that or thousands of, of staff to go out and do that. So, um, I mean, it was just totally crazy to us. That You say your staff doesn't have the stomach for it.
0: And y- you know, the goal of making LA a no-kill community, that's been embraced by Angelenos. So it's not something I think the community would accept either. So Okay, now the next part, we have this report outlining what needs to happen. This then went to the city council this week.
1: Right. Right. And what and what the city council did was they uh, not only uh, approved the environmental impact report, but they also approved two injunctions that are very important. One that we can now use our uh, animal sterilization fund for both pet cats and for community cats. And the second part of that is that we put in a a provision that for people who want to have more than three cats, three cats and three dogs are the limit in the city of Los Angeles. But a lot of cat people, you know, will just as soon have five. So we have increased the cat limit in the city of Los Angeles to five. And those are strictly for indoor cats who are already spayed or neutered. Understanding that there are many things that need to happen from here. I mean,
0: those two things alone, the sterilization fund and the limit, pet ownership limit increase, that was the judge that did that.
1: Yes. Well, those were things that were done by city council. What the judge told us to do was to do an environmental impact report. So now we've done that. And that's our obligation to the courts, we believe. So um, So that part is done. And once the ordinances are signed, uh, there'll be about 31 days before they'll become effective. And during that time, uh, our CAT program calls for community education about uh, community cats. So we'll be in the process now. I'm working with someone who's an expert in uh, in uh, working cat programs. Uh, who's working on a video. She's agreed to do Zoom meetings for community members, so we can talk more about you know how to get jobs for cats. Uh, so we're we're looking for uh, great community programs that should be you know that we should be educating Angelinos on. Uh, so that they will know what to do, how to do it, and how we can safely and humanely reduce the community cat population in Los Angeles over time. This all started
0: because of a lawsuit. Those same concerns, the same petitioners, I guess, I imagine, aren't going to stop being opposed. Correct. You know, if you didn't like TNR 12 years ago, you probably still aren't much of a fan. So this is a huge moment, but if there is still a fight, I mean, I say a fight, but it shouldn't be right because ideally we're all working together in the best interest of every animal. But what do you think is going to happen going forward with that piece of it?
1: Yeah. Well, we're all animal lovers, whether they fly or or you know or what, um, and, and nobody wants to see endangered species in more danger. Uh, I'm hopeful that after the Um, adversaries read uh, the documents and look at it more closely, that they will realize that they, through this action, have caused the cat population in the city of Los Angeles to um, just raise at unprecedented rates in the city, um, more so than in other places in the country where they have programs. Uh, I'm hopeful that they will that just looking at the increase in the number of cats coming into the shelters every year will be a big indicator for them, and that they will realize that if we work together, which I hope we will, I mean, we want to work with Fish and Wildlife, with any groups who are interested, uh, I mean, we don't want any animals injured unnecessarily or killed. Uh, We want to make Los Angeles the most humane city in the world not just a city that has numbers that say we're at 90% life saved. We really want to be a humane city. So uh, this question, particularly for LA
0: residents, but, you know, LA County, I I mean, hell beyond anyone anywhere, Brenda, what can people do other than be happy about this? Is there
1: anything (laughs) you need people to do? Do they need to make their voices heard? Well, if there are people who have been reluctant to start uh, TNR programs or, uh, return to field, whatever you want to call the program uh, in your community, because you know about this uh, injunction and the situation that's been going on in Los Angeles, I'd say now go for it. I mean, I think it's good news for cats everywhere, you know, and that's why I'd encourage people. I mean, I know neighboring communities have been reticent to start uh, TNR programs because they say, well, you've got that injunction well, you know, we've done the footwork, we've done the work, we've done the EIR. It's better to spay and neuter than it is to try to kill your way out of the problem or any other method that had been suggested that we reviewed. I mean, this is the way to humanely deal with a a situation. If we spay and neuter them, they're not going to have kittens. And over time, the population will decline. Brenda, I have
0: told you this before. I think you have one of the most difficult jobs in animal welfare, in animal sheltering. Communities like New York, Chicago, L.A., you just don't have it easy. And I know the injunction has made things that much more difficult. So I am thrilled for the cats and the community, rescue organizations, your staff. But I am happy for you. You never gave up. And yes, there's more to do. But I do hope you are taking a minute to celebrate this moment like you should.
1: Well, John, I'm actually trying to write thank you notes. There were so many people involved in this uh, that made it possible. I mean, if the mayor's office hadn't have really supported me when I said we have to do this, if the other electeds hadn't have supported it, I mean, they unanimously approved the EIR. You know, if the community cat groups had, you know, they could have been... Uh, sort of uh, vicious to us instead of realizing that we had, you know, we had a challenge and they helped us. They came out in droves. They did what they could on their own while they were waiting for us to get there. I mean, national groups, I mean, certainly Best Friends has been there all along. If you're
0: playing right, thank you notes by hand. I, Brent, I hope your hand is up for the job. My hand is cramping
1: just thinking about it. <laughs> It's probably actually going to be, you know, email thank yous because I'm not that good, or I, I may have a, a few special ones that uh, someone puts on letterhead for me. But you know, I just don't want to not acknowledge people and their contribution because it's been amazing. I mean, the team that we had from building and engineering, chaired by uh, Dr. Jan Reebstock. Uh, Sigmund uh, Shy from the City Attorney's Office and several other City Attorneys who were also involved. I mean, Council offices. You know, we had representation constantly from uh, council Member Corettes and Councilmember Bloomingfield's office. I mean, they're they're just if I when I sit down and start making a list of all the people who were important in this process, uh, it's a long list, John. It it truly was a community, and it, it takes a village. I am not
0: nearly enough of a historian of the movement to know this but I I got to think this is one of the most impactful situations that has ever existed that has blocked life-saving and I do remember over the years though different ideas or things that are being you know things that were proposed right. and honestly I have to say that you had to wonder if this was ever going to change,
1: yes, and, and it impacted our neighboring communities who said, you know, well, you know, we all have the same judges, we all, you know, uh, but I think now uh, the the door is open for us to really do the right thing by community cats to offer them spay and neuter services, to provide spay and neuter services, uh, and to reduce the population over time. I mean, we we can't sustain a. a A growing population that doesn't have any checks and balances, but the checks and balances must be humane. As there always is,
0: there's much more to this, but we'll be following it all as the Citywide CAP program takes shape in LA. The producers of the program, Tawny Hammond, Amy Charlton, Bethany Hines, and Mark Peralta. My name is John Dunn, and this is the Best Friends Podcast.